everyone and welcome to today's episode of Black Girl Heard Podcast. If you don't follow us already on socials, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WeRBGH. That is WeRBGH on Twitter and Instagram. I am beside myself with excitement of who we have on the show today. This person is not only a journalist, she's a director, a producer, but also... She's a blogger who celebrates beauty for all skin tones and focuses on women with darker skin and textured hair. She's written and styled for such titles as Vogue, Tatler, Sunday Time Style, The Telegraph, and the list goes on. We have with us today the magnificent Atta Jewel. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm so excited to be here on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks. Do you know what? I just love your energy all the time. I love it. I love it. Oh, thank, thank you. Thanks so much for coming and spending time with us. I, oh, I know fantastic. You were saying that you've had like a long day. And that's just what you get from ha- being such a boss, for owning so many, uh, owning your own spaces, <laughs> writing, doing your own thing, being a producer. Listen. Uh, yeah, and a mama, most importantly. And a mama! Got, yeah, I've got twin girls, and they're yeah. eight, and everything I do, I want to be a really good example to them, you know? So, so I take good. it, it's a huge responsibility. So if you want your children to be anything, you have to be at first, you know? That's so true, that's so true, because they're always looking, aren't they? They're always looking and like... Looking watching. and learning, yeah. Exactly. And I met them, and one of them was so energetic and the other one was really cool and quiet. And I was like, why are you even here? I love it. <laughs> they are like two peas in a pod, but they're completely different talking to you. They've got different energies, which I really like. And, you know, one is... So amazing. Uh, yeah, one's an artist, one's a CEO businesswoman handling her business. Oh it's all good. Gosh, I before we get into the show, I have a few questions for you, just so that everyone knows what you like, what you enjoy. Like, they get a little bit of your personality, basically. So, mm-hmm. I have a few this or that questions. So, okay, pizza or pasta? Pizza, I have mm, to say. Okay, okay. And and gluten free, so because okay. I got a slight gluten sensitivity. So, if you can hook me up with a very good gluten free pizza, I'm happy. You're on yeah. board. You're on board. <laughs> yes. Would you rather have super strength or telekinesis? Ooh. Mm, people are always stumped with that question. Well, I could go work out. So telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> I could go pump some iron and get some fire in the, in going in my muscles. So telekinesis. Mm, telekinesis. Yes. Would you rather have a new outfit or a new hairdo? Uh, I'd rather own the factory that makes me. <laughs> I knew you were going to do something super cool. <laughs> Like, mm, that's so, that's so yesterday. I'm going to go higher. Yes. I'm going to own the factory and pump out a new outfit every day that I want. I think I that's, love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, beach holiday or a city break? Um, I am a city break person because I need to be stimulated a lot. So sitting on the beach, reading a book, it gets yeah. real old for me after two days. It's not your uh, Not that I don't appreciate nature and the, the sea is a very beautiful, calming thing. But if I can go to an art gallery, then a restaurant, and then go shopping and go this and that, and then maybe take a train to the beach and then come back to the city, I'd prefer that. Yeah, so you can't do a whole day of beach activity. That's too much for you. No, no. Oh, no. fair enough. <laughs> I feel like I can do like one great day at the beach and every other day has to be activity, but I need yes, to be at the beach. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I'm safe. 
Would you rather lip gloss or lipstick? I find that this is a very interesting one, personality-wise. It is very difficult. I am a lip gloss person. Same! Yeah. (laughs) I am that kind of 90s. 90s, 90s was my time. And that was all about beauty tubes. That was all about the lip gloss. Saying that, if you took a lipstick and then add a little bit of lip balm, you've got a glossy effect. So... A lipstick, if I was on a desert island, I would prefer because then I'd also make it into a blush, an eye cream, and a lip gloss. But like just living my life. I'm already, listen, (laughs) I'm giving you all the props. Yeah. You really went deep with that. Sorry. (laughs) This is serious to me. This is my thing. This is is my life. Um, So, iced tea or iced coffee? Interesting. I am definitely more a tea drinker, so yeah. I would have the iced tea, but without the loads the of sugar. Okay, without loads of sugar. Oh my gosh, I can't drink iced tea without the sugar. That, the thing that makes the iced tea is all sugar. <laughs> I think sometimes it could be like I have to watch my sugar because I gave myself type two diabetes from being a sugar addict. You uh, gave yourself. So- Yes, I oh did. So I have to. So I have to go no sugar or a little bit of coconut sugar. But yeah, iced tea. Iced have tea. we tried like different alternatives? There's like agave, stevia, and all those things. Yeah, I think. Yes, I have. I think you know it's about spiking your sugar levels, and even with stevia, I think I don't know. It's artificial. Your body still it's needs it as a sugar, and it just messes with it. Even I think my opinion. So even. Do the real thing, but but little and moderate. Little, yeah. Moderation is everything. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, heavy glam or natural glam? Natural, natural, natural. Natural. Have you seen... <laughs> Beyonce did a natural glam to end everyone's natural glam recently. And I was like, only Beyonce can make natural glam look like heavy glam. It was so... Yes, exactly. It's an attitude. It's but, an attitude. Um, <laughs> it's an attitude. Yeah. But I am team natural most of the time, yeah, yes. For sure. Um, a concert or a comedy show? You know what? I really can't stand watching comedy. <laughs> I love comedy. I'm a comedy person, but I find but it so it is... cringy. Yeah. Like, if I was to go... Because I, I, I'm, I'm a huge empath, and if they bomb, I just want to go hug them, and, it get, oh, and I get upset. Oh, I get upset I for really... them. So, I, so it's, I feel like a... Like a mum looking at her kid like bobbing, bobbing. and I just I get oh, upset. It's, so it's too upsetting for me <laughs> to be in a live room for someone. If it, it's like, or if someone heckles them, I'll just try to jump in and get into I'll it. I'll be like, hey, so, you know how hard it is. <laughs> so, so, so I can't physically go to a comedy without getting upset on some level. So it would be concert. Yeah, concert. Okay, cool. Um, an all expenses paid trip or a full home makeover, like all the works, all the rooms done, or like an all expenses paid trip. Oh my god, I would definitely say you know invest in your home. Um, so your I'd home, go yeah. Do the home and then you know get a trip another way. It's all good. Get both. Get both. But I would, I would, I do. I'd invest in my home. Same, yeah, for sure. Um, what is your go-to takeout cuisine? Like, if you're gonna order something, what is it? I do love Chinese. Chinese. I love Chinese. <laughs> Chinese yeah, is always I, a winner. <laughs> I love Chinese. I love Chinese food. I like, I like really good Japanese food. But Chinese Ooh, food Japanese is just food. yeah, Japanese like food really, and Thai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these flavors are beautiful. That's what I would go for. Um, last question: Who do you think were the three most influential people in your career? Oh my God. 
Oh, that's really interesting. Well, I have to do a big thanks for all the women who hired me in the beginning of my career. Mm. So that was um, Carmel Allen. She was the very first person to hire me and get me on board in Star Magazine. And then Kathleen Bird Murray, another wonderful woman who hired me into and brought me into the world of Tatler Magazine. And those are the two magazines I started out before I went freelance. Um, Irene Shelley from Black Hair and Beauty. I really admired her as a black beauty journalist. Probably. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly, which I grew up loving and respecting. That was Um, my (laughs) go-to. Yeah. I used to just dream of like the hairstyles and stuff. Just too fabulous. And then I guess the last person would be I always had a vision of myself in the future because I didn't have role models. There's no one who did what I was doing at the time. So I would always imagine myself 10 years in the future, and that still is a role model. Ate at 51, Ate at 61. Who am I going to be? Yeah, so I always had myself 10 years in the future, and I would not stop until I made that vision, that picture happen. So I have always had that in my head, me in the future. Because I think you should always be ambitious and competitive, but only with yourself, you know? I think that's so important because, you know, there's so many other things that could come out of life and there's so many other things that could, you know, stay in the wrong direction. But like, like you said, having yourself, like your future self and being able to be like, okay, is this where I'm going? How does it affect me? Yeah, Do better, learn yeah. from your mistakes and just um, don't give accountable. up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All the women who have, you know, also Beth and Cole, she was amazing. She's an amazing journalist who, when I first went freelance, she hired me a lot at Sunday Time Style. And she gave me a lot of confidence that I can do this and that my ideas and that my beauty point of view was valid. And That's so I'm so really amazing. grateful to all the, all the women who have believed in me, you know. Yeah, I think that just having those people that say, you know what, this is, you're valuable and we appreciate you and your work is good. And even if it's not good, even criticizing you and telling you in a, uh, like, constructively, like, this this works, but this doesn't work. And you can do this, but if you tweak this, it would be better. But just having that them to be like, just keep going. Well, I tell you what, Hannah Poole, also from The Guardian, I used to write for her, I remember... I was devastated. I was like 23 or something. And she said, oh, I think you can do better than this. She, you can do better than this. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And she was fast so right. things, but <laughs> at the same time, it pulls you up. I mean, it's like, right, so let me just get into this a little bit more. But only, but from love. Do you exactly. know what I mean? And, and I remember she is also someone who really championed me in the beginning of my career. And she's gone on to do amazing things and writing books and creating stuff. And just, you know, all the people I really respect have got more than one hustle i got a few side hustles and i really admire and respect that but then how do you juggle that like it must be like so not stressful but it must be tasking as well though like uh, no, it's stressful it, yes it is stressful <laughs> and tasking you are correct but i think you just like yeah everything you do has to also give you pleasure you never mm-hmm. do anything just in a sadomasochist way so the pleasure outstrips <laughs> the pain you know yes, so, of course and yeah so everything i'm very lucky you know we're all very lucky i get to do stuff which i enjoy i respect it's my hobby i'd be doing all these things anyway if i wasn't getting paid 
And I think that's a very blessed position to yeah. be in, you know? It's yeah. like, my God, you're so, just, you're so lucky to be able to work in something you enjoy. So I don't yeah, think that's for granted. Of, yeah, not a lot of people have. I, and I remember that you were speaking at the Black Girl Fest. And yeah. just the way you were talking about your passion, it was palpable. Like, we were all at the edge of our seats. And, oh, thank you. And, you know, I really do have to stand because the way you were speaking about it, and I think you spoke about your mom and how she... She told you to do something you loved and make your your hobby your job. And yeah, love that. So talk to us a little bit about that. How did that? Because I know that yes. up right now is like a massive part of culture today because social media is a thing and everyone has to look yes. so cute. But then in the beginning, for like people a little earlier on, it wasn't as massive. But then you kind of got in front of that. And well, I guess beauty, I mean, my, my background, I studied history at university. Yeah. So I, I, I'm a historian. Mm-hmm. And what I always found really interesting about beauty and makeup and how you adorn yourself is that there has been no point in history, in, of the history of civilization, where people have not expressed themselves through beauty and ritual. And I find mm-hmm. that very interesting. And so... Yes, it's about being cute. Yes, it's about expressing yourself. Yes, makeup and beauty can be political, about power, about economics, about all these different things, um, about expressing yourself, being playful. And that's what I find really interesting. Um, mm. You know, not wearing makeup is a statement. Wearing makeup is a statement. A statement. How, you, how you wear your makeup is a statement. How you wear your hair is a statement. It's all, I find that very interesting. Uh, for so many and also that kind of ritualism of it you know when you're preparing products for your your skincare these are all little rituals that you do you know you do your face cream you do your this you put your lipstick on that it's rituals yeah. of preparing What's yourself night creams and all this yeah i find that so i find that so interesting and exciting and for me beauty is not about vanity but about who you are from the inside out how you feel about yourself, your culture, all these things. I find it very, I find it fascinating, you know? I love that you said that beauty isn't about vanity because there's a lot of portrayal that beauty is very, like beauty and makeup and all these things are very superficial and it's very, it's a lot to do with insecurity. That's what people make it out to be. But I think sometimes it's just complimenting yourself. Yeah. Exactly, it's a um, Sunday self-care on my husband, and I was giving him a facial because I was, just, and I was like massaging some oils into his skin. I did the whole full work. I gave him a facial, and I love it. And, and I and I was like, yeah, I was doing like face masks, and I was doing all this like cool stuff, and all and the TLC I, care, all the TLC care, and then I put an oil, and then he was like half asleep, and then I I, I kind of shook him awake, and I said. How do you feel? He goes, God, that feels really great. My skin feels really refreshed. That's really good energy. Thank you so much. And I said, at what point did you think about wanting to snog me or being sexual or attracting a mate? In in an hour of me giving a facial, how much of that was about you or about you trying to be cute for someone? And he's like, zero. Right. That's so... (laughs) Zero. Yeah, it was nothing. It's about taking care of yourself, about healing, about looking inwards, being calm. It's a form of meditation. It's a form of like harnessing all the beautiful ingredients of nature to heal yourself. Self-care, yeah. 
It, where, was it, is he going to go on Tinder? No. Was he, gonna, was he thinking about anything like that? No. That's so true. <laughs> I love that because yeah. sometimes you, you, there's a portrayal and then there's the, the yeah. misconception that everything has to be one thing. There can only be one narrative at a time. And I think when... Yeah. Like that. It, I, I, also, it's quite it? misogynistic. The it fact is very that a woman wanting to feel powerful, powerful, is it's reduced to wanting to have sex or to attract a mate. That's really misogynistic in my point really of view. Not saying that that isn't, you know, you want to look cute on a Saturday night. And get, that, that is also part of female sexuality and power, but it's not the whole story. That's true. Not, not for me at 41 with two kids and a marriage of 22 years. My lip gloss is not for you. It's for me. <laughs> it's for me. How I feel, not honestly, because I was talking to her. Yeah. And she's had a few kids and she was talking about how it makes her feel confident to be able to go out and to look a certain way. And it's for her. It's just her perspective on things. And I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with you. But yeah. But then I was just thinking about uh, makeup though, I, I, in general. And yes. how, re- like, for me... I'm, what, 27, and I didn't wear makeup until I was, like, what, 24, 25. Can I ask you why? Why? It was largely because, first of all, I could never find the right shade. Boom. So it wasn't because you didn't want to. It's because that world is safe. Yeah, yeah. And then then I couldn't find the right shade, and everyone And whenever I'd go to the counters, they'd give me the rubbish shade or I'd have to mix it. Well, it just uh, yeah, and it was just so much stress, right. and I just thought my skin is okay. Let me just opt live out. My life. <laughs> Let me just opt out, basically. It was like so sad. It is sad because, it because so what sad. that is saying is that you don't get to play in this arena because there's something wrong with you. Definitely. And the fact is, no, there's something wrong with you that you haven't got something for me, and that's the that's the way that information is flowing, which is Honestly. why I'm my own foundation. This is your beauty. Yeah, and I'm developing because I added your beauty, guys. Yeah, I'm developing my own foundation for darker skin tones because all the things you're talking about, I went through as well. Yeah, I honestly felt like my skin, my skin shade because I knew other people who found theirs, but I just found like my skin. There were too many things going on, so I thought, "Mm, let me not make it complicated for myself. All that mixing and all those things just felt so tiring and tedious. And even, why, why are you a second class beauty citizen? That's how it makes exactly, you think. Exactly, exactly, yeah. for sure. And it, it was because, like, my mom, we grew up with my mom um, having like her beauty products, and she was very simple as well in her glam, yeah. very natural glam. But then all my sisters, we were kind of like, mm, we can't find anything for us, so let's just opt out. But my little sister, she has like a fairer skin tone, so she found yeah. hers very easily. And, and what does that tell you? Exactly. And what does that say to you? Can you see how makeup can be political? It's so political for sure. It was so, so political. I don't think that's right. So, you know, it's like, let's blast open the whole conversation on colorism. So if you're fairer, you get to be part of this world. Comes, yeah. and powerful. And because you're darker, you're excluded. And I think that's fundamentally wrong. That's because the people making the decisions, making the products don't care about the darker skin tones, don't want to go there. I've spent two years developing my brand because I've had to go to so many people telling me, this is how it is, this is how it is. And I'm like, no, no, no. That makes no sense. Makes no sense. And I I said, you know, why can't I get the shade I want? 
And one person said, well, no one's ever asked. No one's asked us. No one's demanded it of us because there hasn't been, um, you know, Rihanna with Fenty Beauty has blasted the case open. Open, wide open, yeah. Exactly. But I think when you have more people who have darker skin tones, who are asking and demanding of stuff and who are actually making the decisions, then things change. So the more demands, the more you, you don't accept things, that's how things will change. Because you are important. I am important. My skin cone is, is perfect. I am exactly. perfect. You are perfect. I am definitely perfect. You are perfect. And when you get products that don't step up to you, you feel less sad when it's the other way around. They're the ones who are, who are less sad. And this I'm going to try and fix that. No, honestly, I think it's what you're doing is so important because I, I was doing some research and apparently mm-hmm. like Asian and black women spend on average oh, like just under £200 more a year on beauty products because of lack of choice. And I think that that's, that's crazy. So annoying. Yeah. Why should it, we... You're being penalised. You're being penalised for your yeah. skin tone. That's not cool. Because, like, you have all these 19 shades for, like, different white white tones or, like, fairer tones. And then you yeah. have, like, what, three black shades like before. Exactly. It's ridiculous. You and can do, like, you could do 19 shades of just darker skin because there's the same so undertones, same things going on. So I completely get it. And if you want to fix something, you've got to be the solution. So I'm trying to be the solution. Yeah, it's but true. It is, it's a frustration which I'm trying to fix um, in my small way, but you have to, yeah, it's it's a problem. But that the problem is I don't think men and women with darker skin tones have been respected as consumers in the same way. You know what? Just take this, be grateful. Yes, it's a yes. bit ashy bit rubbish but you know what you should be lucky we're making it for you at all that's always been the tone I've that is definitely the tone because you I'm, felt that as well no honestly i went yeah. i think i went to a counter and this is when i was trying it out again <laughs> in my like um just was just before the fenty came out and yes. i went in and i was like okay let me just give this a try i went with my friend and i was looking at this lady like that that's not my shade and she's like oh <laughs> And she was, to, to be fair, bless her, I felt like she was trying to help. But obviously, yeah. it's not her fault. But she's like, oh, that's all we have. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I understand that. But I just felt less feeling, feeling frustrated and feeling, yeah. like, what's the point? What's the what point? What's the point? But, but that's the, not your problem. That's their problem. And that, that is their problem. And with social media, um, in a way that you can vocalize and make yourself heard in a way that you never could before, people are kicking off and saying this is not acceptable. Which I'm I love really that. Proud of. Yeah. Yeah. But even in your articles, I feel like you kind of inject those, um, you kind of talk about race and not on certain terms. And I really like that because you have these platforms to talk about beauty, but you, like, you make it, use it as a segue to talk about those undertones of like colonialism and racial issues and um and I think you talked about in one of your articles about the good hair syndrome and how yeah and like we still kind of we still internalize it not even kind of we still internalize it because the of other course. day I found myself saying oh you have really nice hair and I thought what's what's about hair exactly <laughs> I mean it's such a oh I mean the good hair question is such a hangover from colonialism so you know having that kind of 3a 3c like 3b loose curls is the good hair the good curls to have rather than like my 4c coils Mm. and you know what 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 you're really saying 
is the more mixed or close you are to a European hair, it's better, better than, yeah. than to an African um, thicker, curlier, more textured hair. So it's really sad, but that's what you're really, that's what that what really, really is all about. Yeah. It's saying the more kind of African you are, the more textured your hair is, that is not as good as someone who's got, who is closer to a European standard. I think that is the subtext of all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got twin girls. My girls are mixed. Um, I have one daughter with three B curls. The other has more textured hair. Um, she has like a three A, four A, four B hair. And, you know, they've been stopped on the street. Oh, your hair's so pretty. And, you know, my daughter who's fairer with, Looser girls is fawned over. Oh, that's well. Yeah. My other that twin, so who's darker hard. with a tighter texture, doesn't get the same attention. They're both beautiful girls. They're both amazing people, and it's because people are programmed to be more receptive to the European style. Yeah, because their history's winners. Who wants to be associated with being a loser, being a slave? I think that's what it is. If we're going to get right. real into it, if we want to be super real, <laughs> if you want to keep super back. real, wow. Yeah, I think I think that it really is what it is, and I think it is our, all of our responsibility to throw a light and a, and a, to shine a light on that and be like, no, I can have four C hair. I can have tight coils. I'm a powerful person. I have value. I am capable. I can be in the boardroom of my hair, and that's how it is. So the more people see that, the better. It's true. And I find that um, I was reading a few articles about different things and people saying that they feel a little bit self-conscious when they walk into work with their hair out, like in their natural hair. And they feel like it's so heavy, the labels that you carry when you have your hair in a certain way. Yes. And just like the comments that people make like, oh, Oh, Afro least or so, just like weird things like that. Oh, it's and messy or it's, it's this or unprofessional. It's unprofessional is the, the major one that people get. It's a big one. And it's because it's the hangover of slavery. It's a hangover of people perceiving that textured, curly, coily hair is not the hair of power. power. And everyone wants to be where the power is. Yes or no? Do you know what I mean? Oh, for and sure. So, as soon as we can change that conversation it won't be a problem, but it's going to take a lot of time, you know? It's, uh, historically speaking, Unlearning. it's only like, it's only like your great-grandma was, this, you know, like, yeah. slavery was like, you know, your great-grandma. Great, nothing! It's like, historically, only a couple hundred years, a hundred years in America in the 1860s, it's nothing. So, it's going to take time to, to rewrite that. Yeah. yeah. Unlearn I always compare it to like women and the vote. Women couldn't vote in this country only a hundred years ago. Is that insane? It is insane. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's crazy, yeah. It's crazy. And in the same way, that is crazy. But in a hundred years' time, I'm praying it will be crazy that we had these feelings about our hair and other people had the feelings. But a hundred years ago, women couldn't vote. The thought of a female prime minister was insane. Was, uh, yeah, it wasn't even in the conversation. I mean, it was ridiculous, ridiculous. So in the same way, I hope in a hundred years, this whole conversation is insane and ridiculous, but it takes time. Do you find that, I don't know, I, I just think that I don't want my children to grow up in a, in a 
place where they internalize all these things because you know like you say they're always watching and they're always learning yeah i don't want them to feel less valued you know and obviously it's impossible for them to not be shaped by the world around them yeah i'm just i'm afraid of that i'm afraid of them not feeling beautiful because they have this they they have this hair they have the skin or and it's just it's a lot to carry (laughs) i don't want a lot to carry but i guess and i do know what you mean because i have eight-year-old girls and they have said these things and they have got the they have heard the messages about what the world thinks of them and their skin tone and their hair. But I guess as a mother, as a parent, it's your job to give them Teflon and to give them armor mm. and to say, there will always be noise in the world. It could be like, oh, you're too clever. You're too this, you're too that. Oh, you're gosh, too. Yeah. There will always be noise. And I think it's your job as a parent to give them armor, to filter out the bad from the good. But also... I'm not being funny. You need to be making some soldiers who are going to go into the world and change and the change world. it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? like that's the only way that we can ever affect change. Yeah. So I don't even. I want to protect you. Focus. Yeah. So I want to protect you, but at the same time, I want to make you a soldier of change. Of course. To go out with your yeah. words and your influence and your art, and to go and make the world a better place. Um, yeah. But you only could do that when you recognise what the problem is. So it is a balancing act. But I think all self-love, self-esteem comes from your family, from the from yourself, from taking a pride in yourself and your believing in yourself. And you know, even if you don't have a good family to do that, you can do that for yourself. It's harder, but it's hard. No, it's yeah, <laughs> self validate. I feel like what what um. In terms of what you're talking about, in terms of... Um, I read one of your articles about um, in Love Island, not them not favouring dark-skinned women. And I thought about it, and I was just thinking about the fact that you seem very self-assured and confident after, like, so many years of experience. And yeah. ha- have you faced loads of opposition since you started? Oh, my God, loads. I was, like... Um, oh, my God, where do you start? Because you seem so, like like... I'm going to do this regardless of what anybody else thinks. But then I was reading some articles and just seeing how there's so many women, black women, first of all, online, they receive so much more hatred, so much more negativity on Twitter, on social media in general. They face more online hate for Yeah, I mean, mean, you have to use it as rocket fuel. Mm. The harder the haters are, the more rocket fuel you're giving me. So thank you. You know, I've been talking... Uh, yeah thank you i've been told my career do i feel more white because i'm really educated that was in a job interview for a magazine oh what I, yes i was told what did i think about the gangs in south london i'm like i don't know i grew up in mayfair i don't know about the south london gangs um i've been told sorry i don't have all knowledge for my race yeah, uh i mean i've been what? told that I was really qualified for a job, but I'm, I'm, but I'm afraid you're not going to have the job because a girl who has no qualifications but is a size six and blonde will be doing your job instead. That was really painful. And I'm like, mm, what could that be about? Uh, it's just, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. So you can be upset about it. You can make yourself a victim or you can use it as rocket fuel to, ch- to make change. And I have, I feel I'm part of a chain 
Mm-hmm. And and when you when you put yourself as part of something, you take the pressure off, but also the pressure goes on mm-hmm. at the same time. Not that honestly, makes sense. Yeah. So like, you know, if I think about the people who in the civil rights movement in the 60s, they marched for me to have rights. They were beaten with do- like bats wrapped in barbed wire. Dogs were set on them in Selma. I've, you know, in the 60s in America, my mum used to live in New York in the 60s. So this is not a, a thousand miles away. So when my mum was in her 20s, if she went to the deep south, she couldn't go and eat in certain restaurants. Mm. This is very close to home. So um, all these people have done their bit to make my life easier and better. And what is what am I going to do right. to make my daughter's life easier and better and more just? So you can sit around kind of bitching about it or you can get it together active, and yeah. make a change and be active. And it's not to say it's not unfair. It's not painful. It's not hurtful. It's not unjust. It's just do something. Do something. Be solu- solution better. focus, not be problem focus. The, the solution. Right. And then you know what? When my time is done, I expect my children to do the same. Whatever their issues are, it might be another set of issues. You know, it's true. You do something. And then you're and kind then of their children, equip- like my grandchildren, great grandchildren, and that's. I think that is the the role of being human. You know. Yeah, and I think that you you know like you've equipped them so they know how to like tackle these things or whatever social issues are in like. 50 years time or, or whatever I'm, try, I'm trying I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> honestly I do feel that I think that I think I wrote an article about um the hate that Meghan Markle was was received oh, and oh ridiculous. my gosh I did I get so much backlash for that like I got so really much, oh my goodness people talking about oh why does everything have to be about race and blah 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 and it was so intense I had to Turn off for I had to turn off my notifications for a minute, but, then, but well, then, you know what? I turned I back on what... because I was like, I can't afford to be shy away from, shy it, away or... from it because this is what I want, and I felt that this was something that was so unjust, and I couldn't because like just seeing her going through it and just watching videos and just thinking, why? But yeah, yeah. Wait, you're gonna say something. Right? Uh, people, when people say, why does it have to always be about race? I agree. But it is. Mm, <laughs> like, it is. Really, I agree. It's really, really. Boring. Make it some. Make it about something else then. <laughs> then we won't have exactly. this conversation. Exactly. I co- I completely agree. It's really boring. I don't want to have to keep talking about it. But the way I'm treated makes me have to talk about it. So can we all just like just get on with it? But it is about it until it's not. So it is really boring. But people are. It's blatant how she's being treated and she's being judged by another standard and i think it's quite obvious why you know it is quite it's obvious why. and people love to hide behind different things to attack people oh, you know yeah, but like, it's um, so much deeper than that but it's really not it's really not it's you not. can cover it in however you want it but we know yeah. the reason yeah but it was it was crazy even like the like the remembrance sunday there was an article about how she was dressed too seductively with her eyelashes <laughs> and like, comparing her to kate and it's like what? She's not even wearing any earrings. It was just a mess. Uh, just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. Like, 
just leave her alone. Just like, you know, this like, it's just like the 16th century. Is she a seductress come to steal the men? I mean, what the hell is this language? You know I mean? it, yeah, the language is crazy. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't even understand where they're going with it is really what my oh, thing it's is. just misogynistic nonsense. Just, um, yeah. But I mean, these are all the things which I find really interesting. I want to shine a light on all these invisible things which are bubbling under the surface. And, you know, the, the beauty industry is just my way of exercising, talking, discussing all the things that interest me about power and relationships and people and healing. But it's like all these issues, it's just pick your format. Do you know what I mean? But this is the format that I like and that, no, that has speak to me. What I like about the fact that you're so active and it's in the beauty industry, I find that it, it, for me, I find it reclaims power because for so long I felt like, oh, this was vanity and this is this and this is this because like how you said, it was misogyny and people like to make you, put you in a box and tell you, oh, if you like this, you can't like that. And if you talk about this, you can't talk about that. And it's very restricting. And annoying. <laughs> so it's just like, exactly. It's like, uh, because I'm a beauty journalist, I can't talk about politics or about chemistry or about anything else. Are you, so what? what it's you ridiculous. Only have one I, can only, I can only do one thing and I'm, I'm a fluffy person. I'm not a fluffy person at all. I, there's fluffy parts to me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. As I'm chatting to you, I'm doodling with a, a neon pink uh highlighter which i love but like which is great (laughs) and we're allowed to you know what i mean exactly but i can doodle and i can also talk about brexit what's the big deal i don't get it so yeah people always want to put you in boxes and i think your job as a human being is just to say there are no boxes scary scary but that's the truth there are no boxes but that's your problem not mine if you don't know how to relate it's true that's not my problem but I was thinking about something the other day. I saw a tweet, and I love Twitter, so this is where yes. I got all my information from. I saw a tweet the other day about how, you know, growing up, you're made to like things. This is not true for everyone, but I, yeah. I, I released the tweet personally. Yes. And you're made to like things because men like them. You know what I mean? And I was thinking about football. Yeah. about football. And when we were younger, me and one of my cousins, we really liked football. And she was yeah. fantastic at it. And I really liked it as well. But then as yeah. I grew up, I was made to feel like, oh, you only like it because guys like it. And these yeah. were guys as well that were making me feel that way. And then yeah. now I really don't like it because I, I was made to feel that way. You know what you mean? It's like conditioning and all the rest of it. It's just, it's, it's, it, there's so much noise when you grow up. So much noise. And I think if you can just clear all the noise of society and all these different voices and try and be really pure in, I like this, why do I like this? Why, I don't care about how I'm being judged or what people's perception is. If I like to kick a ball around a field and that makes me feel good, I'm going to do it. And it's just really sad that you can be bullied out of something. I think so many women are bullied out of stuff they love. Or, you know, there's that, you know, Famously, girls stop doing sports around 14, 15. Um, it's, the whole thing is just madness. Do you know what I mean? It's it just is. madness and sad. But I think if the less you judge yourself, the less other people judge you, 
the more interesting your life will be. I'm trying to, I'm trying to live the more like wholesome that. you are, actually, it's because like you feel like very like happy with yourself. Because the, the moral of the story is, I left football behind, but my cousin, she's still fabulous at it. Like she's fantastic oh. around the same age. She is yeah. so good. She is amazing. So it's great that she does. She do it professionally or for fun? She does it for fun. Um, she she does it with her her. Like her, her work, she has, she's on the football club with all the boys. I think she's like the only girl on the team, but she's so good. She's amazing. Yeah, I mean, just like, don't let anyone take that from you. Yeah, I, I, I love that for her. Yeah. I'm like, nope. <laughs> don't even talk to me about football. <laughs> Is that because you're hurt? And you're resentful about that? I think I'm a little bit resentful about it because now my husband is like, oh, let's watch football together. I'm like, why should I watch football? Just because you like it. It's so, it's so combative now. For me, yeah, but you know what? Just let it go and let yourself enjoy it. Let yourself enjoy it. Go kick a ball around. Go, you know what? Don't be something in response to something else. Yeah, no, yeah. Because that's kind of also letting them win. win. So you not watching football is letting those voices win. Because actually, we probably quite would like to watch football. Am I right? I think maybe because I still enjoy (laughs) it sometimes a little bit. But I'm like, oh, you're enjoying it. Stop it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I like as homework. Go watch a football game without any noise in your head and, just and enjoy it. Like it. Yeah, yeah. It. and that's okay. He'll be very happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's so interesting. <laughs> but um, one question I was going to ask you because I feel like you talk about your mom quite a bit. What, yes. what What role do you think having that supportive parent plays? Like, is it like a huge difference, do you think, in, in terms of following your dreams like we've been talking about and like breaking the mold and just going against systems of oppression, basically? Well, I was very lucky that I had my mom who always validated my dreams. And then there were, I lived in, a, in an environment where if there's anything you want to do, you go do it. Mm. So, you know, I remember when I was little, I said to her, I want to be a hairdresser. And she said, great. What about if you have your own salon and be a hairdresser? I'd be like, yeah. And then she goes, what if you had a a salon, you're a hairdresser, and you have your own products? Mm. And I'm like, that's a great idea. So she always upgraded my dreams in a really subtle, sly way. (laughs) So she came, so from wanting to be a hairdresser to a hairdresser who was a business owner, a business owner who has her product line. And, mm. uh, and you know, she was doing that from age six, seven. And I was like, it's not saying no to any of it. It's just like, you go for it. They like build, go, go big, go big. Yeah. The message I always had, just go big. Um, there are no limits. And I'm very grateful for that because she's not there a fearful no person. She's not, I, everyone in my family are go-getters. They're fearless. You know, at the age of 18, she went from Trinidad to study in America, in New York. Can you imagine going from a, you know, very, very sheltered? Yeah. You know, she was was walked to church by her brothers. (laughs) And going to to New York of all places. That must have been a shock. New York in like 60, in 1968. I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, Of the whole Harlem situation. And that must have been so intense. I don't even know where she was. She was probably, I don't know where she lived in, in I have to ask her, I don't know where she lived in, in New York, but she was, it must have been like being on the moon from Trinidad, you know what I mean? Where, you know, you know everyone in your community, everyone like chats to you and, um, and that, in this metropolis. yeah, well she chose it, she went, you know, <laughs> and 
she wanted to live her life and she um but my dad there and my dad um is nigerian hey. and he was, yay niger and he was studying <laughs> i mean my dad he went from nigeria to ireland in the 60s like like ireland like i-r-e-l-a-n-d yeah he went wow. he did a latin he went from Nigeria to the University of Cork in like 1962 or something insane. Oh. And he was like the only black man in Cork or, or oh something. God. And he did a Latin degree. And he, you know, I said to him, Dad, like, how do you feel? That must have been so, so different and yeah. so random and like such a culture shock. And he goes, Oh, it was fine. I'm a good Irish boy. You know, I'm a good Catholic boy. So everyone just bought me pipes. And it's that kind of like give zero fucks attitude yes. that I was brought up with. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's, yeah, it really I'm does. here in Cork doing Latin and no, no one who looks like me for miles. And I don't give a shit. And I, and I really respect that. And you know what? I'm here to do what I want to do. So I, I have been to let anyone up. determine. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. that spirit really rubs off on you. It really rubs off on me. Like it's, it's very um transferable it really really does make yeah. you feel like oh okay if this person can do it, i can certainly do this i definitely love that yeah and just um just being just going for it so i think it does help if you are in an environment where you know my people are brave whatever they are they are very brave people and they do things and they are the first and they are go-getters and so mm-hmm. i was brought up in that environment um, and I think that has really helped. There's been a lot of dark stuff too. I'm not going to lie. Nothing, of course. Rainbows and whatever in my, in my upbringing. <laughs> but um, I'm just saying that is what I've, I've chosen to take away. The go for it. You don't belong here. Well, screw you. I do. Let's go. No, that's I am fantastic. the middle. I am the middle. I'm not the outskirts. I'm the center. That's what I get, I get from my upbringing. I think it's so important to live by, like that. I know, I mean, everyone goes through, some more than others, like everyone goes through difficult situations, but it's like what you choose to take from it. Everyone, yeah. you know what I mean? Everyone can, you can either be like someone was telling me the other day, you can either be the victim or you can either be the victor or like come out, coming yes. out with learned experiences and using that it is a choice i do think it's a choice honestly it, it is i think i do believe that you know you are not in control of what happens to you but you're in control of ha- where it's going to take you and it's how you process it but yeah for sure yeah like it's a learning curve for, for, for me but i'm tr- you know i just want to do the best yeah. i can do mm. with what i've been given and that's my job and i'm trying i love the attitude i really do i really do Oh, thank you. But one last question. Um, right. What would you have wanted to know when you first started out? So all, from all your like, years of experience, what would you have wanted to know in the beginning? What have you learned that you think, hmm, I could share this bit of knowledge to people who are just starting out in whatever uh, Be detail-orientated. Mm-hmm. I'm a big sky wham bam thank you ma'am kind of a person (laughs) and you have to give respect to the boring stuff the Mm. stuff that you find boring because that's as equal importance to the line you're speaking directly to me because i I hate sweating the small stuff oh my god it's just not my nature (laughs) but if you want to be if you want to have a less painful life yeah so it's do do the budget do the this Dot the I's, cross the T's, 
look at the small stuff because it's just as important as the big stuff, you know? And it's just not by nature. It's so boring. And if you can't do it, then hire someone to do it for you. I like that. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. If you can't do it, recognize what, recognize your flaws and say, I cannot do this. I will hire you to do it for me, please. Or please help me. Please mentor me. But just recognize what you can and cannot do and then just fill in the gaps accordingly. But you have to be honest with yourself and say, this is my nature. This is not my nature. And so you can be full package. Does that make sense? Yeah, honestly. I think mentorship is something that I think people don't think they need, but it's so important. It's Everybody needs to, a mentor. Everyone needs a model. You know what I mean? Even if you, it doesn't matter what stage of the game you're in, there's always someone who's 10 years ahead of you. Right. You know, exactly. if, if you're 81 and there's a 91 year old who has. Like, how do I get to you? <laughs> how do I get to you? You're healthy, you're 91, you're, you're you know, you're like, come on, tell me. Tell like, me your secrets. Yeah, there is always someone you can learn from. Uh, and people can be your mentor even if they don't know it. You can just see how just model they, their behavior. Yes, model their behavior. Stalkerish, but not really. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but if there's someone whose career you really respect and admire, find out how they got there. Mm. What university did they go to? What apprenticeship did they do? What what were the steps they got to get to, to where get they that, want yeah. to be? And you can you can echo it. You can be inspired by that. And uh, but it's but it's having a lack of ego and humility to say i want to learn and i think that is mm, i want to learn i don't yeah, yeah i don't know everything i don't know everything i have a lot to learn and i think at 91 i will always say i have a lot to learn god willing if i get there but like you know what i mean you never yeah. stop learning you never have and you know my well. kids teach me every day my god like and not being arrogant like my eight-year-olds <laughs> have told me stuff i'm like yes i'm like go adana truth go Ola. and you know it's just like and you can learn and the truth comes from anywhere even your kids you know yes because they see things from a different point of view the truth doesn't have an age doesn't have a color doesn't have a gender the truth is just the truth Truth. accept it from from where it comes from with with humility but um yeah that's what i'd say I love that. Thank you so much, Atta, for being with us today. Oh, it's been such a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so You're much for brightening. So fun. You have brightened this rainy, cold day for me. It's been such an honor. Thank you so much Thank for having me. Thank you so me. much. Thank you.